Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. podcast this is episode eight rivers and chains as always i'm brian and i'm scott and we're here to talk some kayak fishing so uh yeah we've been doing some river fishing for some smallmouth bass lately um we made a trip together uh out on the fox river in northern illinois and uh, we had a decent day. You know, it's good to be back in the kayak, bro. Yeah. We did oh, yeah. a lot of road trip. Well, you stayed in the kayak during your road trip. but uh, Yes and no. I did. Yeah, I've been fishing out of the big boat up north in Green Bay, but I did spend that week in the kayak up in Hayward, and yeah, yeah. it's good to get back in the, I missed it, man. the small boat. Yep, without a doubt. But uh, that Fox River trip was cool. We finally got out there. It's been like monsoon season in the midwest the river has just been like raging all summer long and then it calmed down and then again this week we got hammered with yeah. rain again yep yep so all the rivers are blown out and stuff in our area but uh it was cool like i've always i actually fished that stretch of river once when i was very very mm-hmm. young with a friend of mine and his dad um out of a little john boat but um i mean we're talking probably 25 years ago yeah so which it's it seems like it's changed quite a bit down there but uh what's fun what's funny about it for me is as i've always been talking about on the podcast i've been wanting to get on the river right something foreign to me sure so uh i was so excited we were able to do it and that place is such a great place to to launch um but what really caught me was number one the river was really low sure which was it was you know, there was a couple spots where I actually got landlocked for, right. you know, yep. a few minutes until I paddled out or whatever. Um, but the other thing that was cool about it was I got a chance to actually use the trolling motor in a fishing situation. We're not just, just busting it out. Telling you what, anytime we fish a river, you can bring that <laughs> trolling motor. And a rope. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen our YouTube channel, check it out. We did some filming uh, on that trip. And at the end of it, we were downstream and Scott hooked a rope to the to his kayak which i held on to and got a free ride back to the launch up it's like a rickshaw it's like a rickshaw yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was perfect kayak like rickshaw it. yeah it was cool like you know um 
I know we've both been kind of on these kicks where we've been like exploring some new waters and stuff. So, you know, to me, it's been it's been cool trying to figure out different bodies of water and see what the fish are feeding on and things like that. And I know I hooked into a few fish on the fox um, doing uh, a jig with a, mm-hmm. a plastic craw on it. Yeah, and, and I had mine too on on uh, on, a, on a crank. Yeah. Yeah, you that's know, right. I yeah. missed one, and then I got one in the boat. Yeah, it, um, you know, I don't know. It, for some reason, like, I see rocks, and I think crayfish, you know. No, And that perfect. goes back to being a kid, like, flipping rocks over looking for crayfish. Right, 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 right. In the creek by where I grew up, and uh, that seems to be doing the trick. You know what's funny is, it, I, this is totally off base, but based on your, your crayfish story, um, when I was a kid... We used to come home and we'd get string and we'd tie a paper clip like a hook. Yeah. Oh, fashion yeah, yeah. it like a hook. Yep. And we put baloney on it. Yeah. And then we'd go to the you know, the little outlets, sure. you know, where the creeks would like fold underneath the yep. you know, the bridge and stuff. And we'd literally catch crayfish because they they'd grab it with their claw and yep. they wouldn't let go. Did you do the same thing? <laughs> yeah. Did you really? So it's funny. I remember <laughs> Yeah, this is totally off subject, but I was I was I was in a summer camp as a kid, and they had a pond there in uh, in the town of Elgin, uh, Lords Park, mm-hmm. and uh, they like had us go find sticks out in the woods, and then they gave us some fishing string and a gold hook, and I remember I was the only one that caught a fish with just a bare gold hook. <laughs> no you way, know? did you? Really? So yeah, 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 similar story. So then I came home from camp, and we go to the stream and. Um, that runs through Wing Park, which is Tyler Creek, which drops into the Fox River. Right. Right there where we were fishing. Yep. And, uh, you know, I remember finding, like, my mom's thread or something for sewing and tying that on and one of my dad's old fishing hooks and taking that down there thinking I'd bang fish and that <laughs> never happened. So that's kind of funny. That's but, awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was cool exploring that stretch and then, you know... Um, I know you went back out this weekend, and it was a little hectic Labor Day weekend. It was. We'll talk about we'll talk stuff. about that for sure. But, it was a way uh, different experience than when we went out. Well, yeah, because the water's raging, so yeah. it changes those fish up quite a bit. What know? was cool about that launch spot, though, what really hit me right away is, number one, you're right by the bridge. It's 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 at 90, and um, it's like a frontage road there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's a frontage um, road there. You get off on uh, Route 31, and... Yeah, it takes you to the front. And something like Voyager Landing, I think is yeah, what it's yeah, called. Yeah. Voyager. And yep. um, so we launched, and we launched pretty early. I don't know, six a.m. something like that, six twenty. Yeah. And um, super foggy. Super foggy, and um, what was really cool about it was you had the bridge pylons to work, and each section of of the bridge underneath there were three main sections. Yeah. <clears throat> one of them you could you could literally like walk and be like in an inch of water. That's right. One of the places I got landlocked. Right. I didn't know it was that 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 shallow. Right. But the other two were different. And on the south side of the bridge was that island. Yeah. Right. Right. And right. that island literally has fallen timber everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. So I right away I got like so gassed, you know. And I started throwing my crank in there, and that's where I got the first smallie. Yeah. And he got off, and you went on the one side. I, I went, went on, on the, the other, other side. side. Yeah. 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 That was cool. I found that I found that rock wall that runs along uh there's like a, a retirement community back there that's what it yeah. is right oh yeah and, my uh, my great aunt well my wife's great aunt lived sure. there yeah yeah, yeah 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 we talked about that and i saw all these rocks and i'm like hmm, you know this this should be interesting and i already had my rod rigged up from when i was in hayward and i gotta say something like i don't know if i mentioned it on the hayward podcast or when we talked about hayward but i was fishing those z-man cross and like those things are unbelievable. I literally caught fifty fish on that one in Hayward. Yeah, yeah. And you could still use it. And I left mine at home, so I had a chigger crawl. Oh, that's on, right. Which was Berkeley. <laughs> and the first fish he ripped off the claws, which with a Z man that would never happen. And that's why you were I totally yeah. forgot. Like you had to yeah. borrow some crawls. I had to borrow some crawls yeah. from you. And then uh I ended up finding a Z-Man that I had put on a chatterbait, yeah, yeah. and I ended up putting that on later in the day. So, so you, you know how I was at Cabela's this week? Yeah. And I talked to you? Yeah. Um, I got two packs of the Craws. What color, though? The green, watermelon green pumpkin. Are you sure it's watermelon green pumpkin, or is it orange? It's orange. Watermelon. Orange watermelon, that's what it is. I have some of those. So the ones I've those been don't using... Those don't work? Oh, great. The ones I've been using... <laughs> Are uh, straight green pumpkin. Oh, I gotcha. But um, I didn't try those orange ones at the Fox. 
which I know, like that Tyler Creek yeah. as a kid when we would fish the, or flip those rocks looking yeah. for crayfish, they were super orange. Yeah, I so, bet they were. So when I'll the water's low and it's clear, kind of like it was when we sure. fished it, sure, I sure. can see those things working a hundred percent. Well, that was the only color they had, and I'm like, I'm not passing this up because well, I bought the little June bug things they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and those are so small. The, the TRD the, hogs. Yeah, they're built yeah, for like they're yeah. built for the Ned rig. Yeah, that's exactly what they're built you know? for. But I, uh, I was there a couple of days before you, and they had uh, black, blue, and they had the orange pumpkin, and there was another color. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but I bought those. Yeah, yeah. And I went to Gander Outdoors. They didn't have any, and I went to Dick's Sporting right. Goods in Rockford, and they, they didn't have any. any. Yeah. So I think I just got to find somewhere online yeah, yeah. where I can order them. That's a thing. Uh, Tackle Warehouse has to carry them or someplace like that. Well, I'm sure you can order them off Cabela's online, yeah. and another store should have them. Sure. But uh, that's a whole other story. The one here but I used, close to us. I used that orange one on Sunday okay. when the river was raging, and I'll talk about yeah. that. But it lasted me three casts. Really? Oh, yeah. It got broke off on a log that I got oh. hung up on. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What did a pike, pike bite it off? Musky? Like no. what? I was thrown in the in the law in the in the trees. Trees and, and yeah, got, hung yeah, up. got hung up. But uh, yeah, it was cool. I remember like that morning there was a ton of fish activity on the surface. There and were. I, I tossed a buzz bait for a while, didn't get any takers. Um but uh, I think there's a couple other baits I should have tried that probably would But that work. whole section down there beyond the island. Yeah. Because I trolled with it's my crank. It's all rocks. It's nothing but rocks, yeah. which I love. Yeah. Um, it's it's got to be a great... I, I want to go there and just, just hunt with Ned Rig. You know what I mean? Well, what I would love to do So many things section, I want to do there. I was a bonehead, and I left my depth finder at home. And I think uh, me and you had talked about it that, you know, having that depth finder and being able to see what was down there. Because yeah. I know there's got to be some big rocks down there. Not only big rocks, but there's some deep holes yeah. off that rock wall. Right. I was dropping, uh, I think it was the Ned Rig. Yeah. And there were sections where it was like 10 feet. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. I mean, I was like, what? Yeah. Because the rest of it's like four feet or yeah. less, you know? It's weird. I, I think that's going to be a hot spot for we the got, future. We got to do a bunch of exploring yeah, there yeah, for, for sure. sure. Well, there's there's multi-species in there, too, because, uh, you know, you got the smallies, you got uh, piker in there, muskies. Walleyes, you know, like the you name white it. bass. Everything. Yeah, white bass are in yep. there too. It's yep. pretty heavy. Caught so, them. yep. But um, yeah, that was a cool trip, man. Um, not only that, but the free ride. I could have used that this past weekend. Well, get this. So as I was pulling you on the trolling motor, there's an indicator. The battery. battery juice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think it was showing two lights. And what's funny about that, I'm finding out, is that ba- that's showing, I believe, the draw. Because oh, okay. when you turn it off, it goes back to five. Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because uh, on the Fox this weekend, I had the same issue where I did a ton of motoring. Sure. And um, uh, it would show like one or two lights okay. while I was motoring. But yeah. then when I turn it off, it goes right back to five. So when I got back in, I actually hit my battery tester just to see sure. where the battery thought it was or the, the case thought it was. And I, it was maybe a third used. And I had motored a ton. Wow. So we'll talk about that later. But the whole idea is uh, I was pulling you, and we thought we were super draining the battery, and we actually sure. weren't. Yeah, we didn't do, do anything to it, really. No, no, it was yeah. barely used. That's cool. Yeah. That's, that's so key. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, I'm so on the fence because I could hook Bonafide setup is, uh, has a setup on their boats where, you know, it's got a, uh, a mount option in the back yeah, where yeah. I could mount a trolling motor back there. Or a power pole, and you know, I've just been like stuck in a paddle mode. That's you know, good though. But I got reasons for that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? Sure, sure. Like I can, I can paddle as fast as Jay Randall can pedal as Kusa. Is that right? Oh yeah. Okay. So, but I got like I told Jay, I'm like, dude, look at my arms. You know, I'm six foot four. Right. I got a long paddle right, stroke. You right, know what I mean? Right. He's like, you're so fast. And I know. I mean. <laughs> Well, there was that one time when you first tested out your trolling motor. I was paddling behind you, almost keeping up. You were. And you, you were, were doing like four and a half miles an hour yeah. or something. Yeah, it's like a little yeah. over four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of goofy. But, um, yeah, man, the river fishing has been great. I actually checked out a small river out by me, the Kishwaukee, um, 
a stretch that I had actually waded and fished one time before. I fished it from shore, I forget. And I caught like some three inch fish. And, uh, you know, like I said before, we were, we've kind of been on this kick of exploring some new water. So I, you know, it's like five minutes from my house. And I went up there and I took the, uh, the Pelican small boat yep little river yep i mean this thing in some points it's probably only 10 12 feet across but uh i was kind of exploring around and i ended up running into a nice smallie i didn't have my bump board on me but uh it had to be a good you know 15 16 inch smallie yeah yeah, yeah. that i got off a piece of lumber yeah which was uh i did uh i was recording that night too there's a youtube video on that and uh I think the smile on my face when I, right after I caught that says it all. Right. Like, it was such a gas. Like, I mean, smallies, you can't beat it, you know? Like, that fish, for the fight that it puts up, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, and the other thing, too, is they're, they're usually so beautiful. Right. You pull them out and just the colors, and especially when they're a true bronze back. Oh, with, yeah. Which is the exact opposite of kind of what I caught. <coughs> On the fox, because the one I pulled up was pale as could be. Yeah, it was super pale. Super pale, uh, but it was a smallie. Yeah. You could tell, oh, but yeah. it was just it just didn't have that rich color. But the there one was one that I caught that on was the really fox good. That was like super bronze back. Yeah, but there was a small one that I had as well that was like super white, it was paley. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure, for sure. So, but uh, well, I think some of the cool takeaways from that day for me were number one, I think we found a really good launch spot. Especially for kayaks. Yeah. On the fox. Close to good fish. And you don't have to paddle far no. to be on a few different environments, right? You've right, got fallen right. timber, you've got rocks, you've got all that good stuff. Um, and I'll talk about a little north of that too in a little bit. But uh, it's literally, you know, a few paddles and you've got the bridge, you've got the pylons, you've got, you know what I mean, all that stuff. So that's not too shabby. It was super close. And even if I didn't, couldn't hitch the free ride... On the way back, it would have been launch. easy peasy. It would have been an easy paddle. Right. I mean, the the water was low. It, it wasn't raging. I mean, it would have been a super easy paddle for sure. And it wasn't that far. I mean, it's everything you need is bam right there. It is. You know, that's that was the huge takeaway that I got from it. Like, yep. You know, you don't have to drift far downstream um, as long as the water levels are fine. Like it's an easy paddle upstream, so we don't have to like shuffle cars around. So. You know, somebody's car's downstream to uh, get out and then, you know, go back up or whatever. So um, it was super cool. Super cool. I'm like definitely looking forward to that water level coming down. And we're going to, we're going to, expo- we're going to explore it some more for sure. Yeah. For Cause sure. you, you found some other spots. I did. I, I just break into it. No sense since we're talking about it now. I mean, <clears throat> if you go north of there, um, you're going upstream. Um, uh, but there's all these duck blinds that are right there in the water. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had texted me that. So what's really cool about it is, number one, they provide some structure themselves. Sure. I'm curious. Yep. Um, but then there's islands, like multiple islands. Okay. And like back channels that lead to nowhere. But the cool thing about it is you can get out of the current if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Some of the bottom was muddy. I was working a, a crank. Yeah. And it was, you could feel it was not rocky. Yeah, it was coming back. So yeah. we'd have to do with the fish finders and figure out kind of where, where the spots are. But there's a ton of points. Uh, off these islands that are great i mean with fallen timber and everything so we'll have to next time maybe go a little north yeah i'm looking forward to that because i've always heard that that section north of there is pretty decent for smallies and the other thing that was really rough um since we're talking about it was i mean it was holiday weekend uh the the river was raging yeah way different because of the last because of the the rain rain. and then um so the current was just ripping um and then on top of it too, like it's holiday weekend. There was like there had to be every fifteen seconds there was a jet ski running by you. I mean, literally within like fifteen yards and like doing donuts and like I'm like okay, I'm yeah, out of here. Ridiculous. And on top of it too, with the current being so strong, you couldn't stay in a spot. I, w- I didn't want to anchor, right, 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 because right, right. it, it was yeah. too raging. But yeah. <clears throat> um, you couldn't really stay on a spot, man. You maybe got half a cast. And then you'd have to correct. Oh, you know what I mean? Geez, it was yeah, it was like yeah, constant correction. Yeah. So it just wasn't fun. I stayed out for about two hours and I'm I got beat up and I'm like, I'm kinda done. Yeah. But but it definitely looked and, and I wound up doing a lot more motoring because of it. Okay. Uh, so I went upstream into the wind. Uh, the cool thing though too was you actually I could find that the river was running in different directions 
at certain points. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You got a back pool. You do, and like for long periods, like yep. there's parts where I would actually get into the get into like the one shore or the other, and I would actually be going upstream, drifting. Okay, yeah, yeah. So what I thought yep. about was maybe you don't need if you're going to fish an area like that with the south end, like that we like, as well as that north end. It's feasible that you could paddle. Just find the right water to paddle in, depending on what direction sure. you're going. Sure, sure, sure. Because <clears throat> it was big enough. Well, there was a back pool like that um, on the south end, too, that was kind of straight across from that rock wall that I was fishing. Because sure. I had ended up paddling over there, because um, that's where you got the one fish. Right. And um, it was the same thing. It was a big back pool. Yeah. And I was casting right on the seam of those two. That's right. And that's always a money spot, because there's slack water right there. You and got those it. fish can watch... Both sides of it, sneak into that current, sneak in and out, grab the yep. bait, and sneak back into that slack yep. water. So that's definitely huge. I think that spot's know. going to be big in the future for us. I really do. Oh, I, I agree, hundred percent. Really, hundred percent. So, so um, aside from river fishing, man, you took an epic trip. It was on Saturday um, to the Madison Chain. I was supposed to go. Yeah, but I woke up at three thirty in the morning, looked at the radar, and I'm like. No way. If I was in the same boat as you, I would have been, <laughs> I would have said the same thing because we did the same thing. Um, we were an hour closer to Madison. Um, Jay came out, Jay Randall came out to my place Friday night, and then we were all going to head up there Saturday sure. morning. And um, it thunderstormed a little bit out by my house Friday night. and It did here, too. It was raining solid. We woke up, and Jay was like, did you see the text from Scott? And I'm like, what? Text? Huh? Like, I'm still asleep. And he's like, yeah, he's not coming, man. He's like, He sent a screenshot of the radar. So then instantly we both jumped on, Weather. I think it was weather.com. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And it was showing the same stuff. And I'm like, it's up to you, man. I'll, 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 you know, if it starts lightning, we'll get off the water. Right, you know, right. And play it safe. Um, but uh, we drove up. It rained the whole way up. Um, well, it was on and off on the way up, but when we got up there, it was raining pretty good. Yeah. We both had our rain gear, but there was no lightning or thunder. That was the key. If it was which, just going to be rain, I probably would have made the trip, but right, the right. lightning, but, I'm like, come on. But when you looked at that radar map, it was dark red spots, which always, to me, means and mostly thunder yellow. and lightning. Mostly yeah. yellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is even like, yeah. you know, almost yeah. that severe. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I chickened out, dude. So, well, it was crazy because... Jay's fished this area before, and he's talked it up to both of us. He has, yeah. And, um, you know, we had always talked about taking this trip up there with him. So uh, I'm like, well, whatever, Jay. It's 45 minutes to an hour trip up there. Worst case scenario, we turn around and come home. Yeah, yeah. So we drive up there, and uh, we get to the launch on the Yahara River between the two lakes. It's the Madison chain. So there's several lakes all connected through this Yahara River. But the particular spot that Jay has always talked about is uh, right by this bridge that literally, you know, has got like, I would say, around 150 pylons underneath this bridge. It's a huge bridge, goes right through Madison, and then to the one side of it, tons of lily pads. The other side is like some tall grass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this whole area screams fish all over. So we pull into the ramp, and the ramp is closed the there are signs posted everywhere that the lakes and rivers are no wake so you know jay had called the paddle shop up there right by this launch rutabaga like, yeah rutabaga paddle shop looks like in a Madison. cool super cool kayak shop we were gonna stop in there and then by the end of the day we were so dead tired we were like just let's just go home you yeah. know like we had put some miles on but um jay's like well we can go try this other launch you know that's on the lake and it was maybe five ten minutes from sure. there so we drove down there and the ramp was open there was no wake signs everywhere but um like the ramps getting in to the water were half of them are underwater right and um so we launched there in the rain and we headed north towards the river mouth and uh we ran into some largemouth bass i mean Jay ran into some largemouth bass on the way up that way. Sure. And I was like, seriously? Like, we were throwing almost identical baits. Um, it looked like he was using a white spinner. He was using a white jig uh, with a white swim bait 
paddle tail swim bait on it um, from Mob Lures. Gotcha. Or, I'm sorry, not Mob Lures, uh, Crappy Bass Lures. Okay. So, um, he was throwing that. I was throwing a white spinner bait with a paddle tail on it, and it was like the fish that nipped at my bait, it was like the blade was getting in the way. So, I switched over to a straight uh, white swim bait with a swim bait fish head. So what made you guys go white? I know you're a black and blue kind of guy. I am a black and blue type of guy, and I was throwing darker colors. And you weren't getting nothing. And I wasn't getting anything, but Jay was throwing white, which is his, like, signature go-to color. For the chain? So Well, for anywhere. (laughs) You know, that guy throws white at any time, you know? Um, so I actually switched it up. I'm like, hey, if he's catching fish, like, you know, sure. maybe there's a thing to the color, which it definitely made a difference. Um, so I switched to white, and we were up by, you know, the mouth of the where the river dumps into this lake. And uh, there was, like, a jogging bridge that goes across this marshy area, and there was a bunch of rocks there. Yeah. And a ton of them were underwater. Well, I threw my white swim swim bait up right in over there. Over those rocks? Right next to this huge boulder that was sticking out of the water and I caught an 18 and a quarter. Nice. And he hammered it. Large, right? And, large mouth bass. And uh, that was the biggest bass of the day. Um, the rain subsided, I think, somewhere around 11 or so. Yeah. Um, and I still only had one fish. I had a couple misses, and Jay had five bass. So we actually went back to the ramp we both left our coffees in the thing, and we picked up some cookies at the gas station that morning, <laughs> right. you know, half asleep when we bought coffee. Sure. Um, so we went back to kind of refuel a little bit. I had one of the best peanut butter cookies ever. <laughs> and uh, Things we, taste greater on the water. Oh, dude, I'm telling you what. <laughs> and uh, so, we, so we retied some baits um, because the weather was changing. It was clearing up a little bit. It was still overcast. Sun was poking out here and there. And it was funny because we were both like, son, go away, you know, because you want it to stay overcast. Sure. That's when good fishing is. So I tied on a whopper plopper, nail a 15-inch bass right there offshore right next to the dock. You got that on film, too. Got that on film. And then the one I didn't get on film was at the next dock over on a whopper plopper. And the whopper plopper saved my day because I probably caught four or five more fish gotcha. that afternoon. Yeah. Um, I think I got one or two on film and then uh i also got one on a inline spinner okay so i was like maps i was following up jay's you know key tactics you know he's a the rooster tail big maps guy and i threw on a number five uh what's the name of it it's uh chartreuse and black they got a name for that particular one but whatever i again i think that was a 16 yeah inch 16 and a half inch bass yeah um Jay ended up running into a couple northern, uh, one he lost, two he landed. Were they any good size? Or? Um, I th- the one he lost was good. It was. It was a really good fish. I think the one that he landed that's on film was probably in the 25, 26-inch range, so a decent snake. The one you lose is always Yeah, it, amazing. well, you could tell in the video... <laughs> You know how doubled over his rod. Was. Oh, is that the and one then, where he's like, "Oh, like, yeah, yeah." Freaking out. It runs around the boat, and <coughs> what he was actually doing, you can see him reach down to yeah, his well, other side. Yeah, he was trying to lift up his uh, power pole to so that way oh. you know he can move with the fish. I thought he was looking. I, I couldn't listen to the sound. Remember, I told you I was at the well, Brewers right, game. Right, yeah. So when I was watching it, I thought he was like trying to get his his net or something. No, I'm like, it's no. Right behind you. He reached down right by his leg, and that's where his power gotcha. pole stuff it or um, controls control is. Yeah, yeah. And he went to lift it up, and right when he did that, the fish got off. Oh, so no. he was like bummed. And then that's when I caught. Right after that happened, I caught the bass on a maps. And then I think I caught two more on the Whopper gotcha, gotcha. on the way back to shore. So um, we got off the water. I think it was like 4.30, 4.45. So you guys fished a full day. We fished a full day, and we were beat. Like, I bet. Super beat, you know, because you were fishing. we were fishing in the rain. You that know, beats you up. Half sure. the day. Sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, the second half of the day was a little nicer. A couple rain showers here and there, but like I said, the sun would poke in and out. Um, but we got into some nice fish. I got to say that that Madison fishery up there, I mean, the smallest fish we caught was that 
little one that I didn't get on film right. off that dock right, right, that right. hit a whopper plopper. Everything else was 15 inches and up. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's a healthy fishery for it sure. Is. You know, so um, there's a ton of weeds up there. And it was kind of frustrating because some of them were floating, but that was because, you know, water levels were high. Yeah. But I think that helped us in catching fish because if the water levels were normal, there would be huge grass mats everywhere. Right. Everywhere. Right, 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 right. So with that water level being up, we were basically running those swim baits basically right over the top of the weeds. And I saw when I was throwing that spinner bait, I ran it right through two patches of weeds and it was right towards the top. I saw this bass come right out of the weeds and nip at it. And that's when I missed them. So if the, you're saying if the water was lower, you would just have to work the edges. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to pull you through. You wouldn't be able to pull Got through it. there. Got and it. There's no way in heck. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, it definitely helped that the, the water levels were up. Well, and the other thing, too, is you never, at least I never know when it's overcast or it's stormy. You know, I did a guided trip on Big Big Green two years ago. Right. Storm plows through. It's cloudy the next day. I'm thinking we're going to nail it. We fished 10 hours and got three fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it was one of these things you just don't know if the bite's going to be on or off. And it sounds like it was kind of there. You had to work for them. But I think what's cool is... You guys caught enough fish to keep it interesting. Sure. You know, sure. and the bite could have been turned off. Sure. You know what I mean? For all you know, like you said, the water level could have added to that. Like, yeah. Where you oh, guys yeah, were actually yeah. able to get yeah. some fish maybe you would have never got. I think the huge thing with, like, storms is is what whatever the barometric pressure is doing. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm a huge believer in that. And uh, just because I've been kind of monitoring that, not as much lately, but there's times where, you know, I'll look at what that barometric pressure is doing. And if you got a significant drop coming up those fish turn on the feedback and they just go is that okay so you're looking for lower barometric pressure well you want it to be like uh high 29s and dropping and typically that'll happen right before a storm yeah um whereas right after a storm sometimes that barometric pressure will start to rise again yeah and when it's on the rise like that they'll feed some but it's not going to be as intense you got to work for them yeah or after a storm, it'll rise and it'll go flat, and then that's when you're going to have those three oh, fish man. days, yeah. you know. Yeah. But if you got it where it's declining, um, or it's super low, sure, like key times to fish. Yeah, me personally, I mean that's just something that I've come to realize over the years as I've been kind of watching that type sure. Of stuff. Sure. So I mean, there's a pointer for you guys. I mean, I, I'm a huge believer in it. Some people say it's naysay, kind of like the moon phase with musky. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. You know, you just experienced that in Canada. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that if you look at it, it could it could help, you know. Yeah. So, and I mean, I don't know a ton about the barometric pressure, but I always, uh, when I'm looking at it, I'll always Google search, like, barometric pressure and fishing. Right. And there's a bunch of websites that'll pop up, and uh, I think one of them's like Field and Stream or sure, Fisherman sure, sure. or something like that. And they'll have it laid out like these are when the fish are going to be active. This is, you know, and they'll have a range yeah, of yeah. that barometric pressure or like a falling or a rising, things like that. Well, right on Lake Link, man, when you go into like the fishing yeah. reports, it'll on every show. lake it'll yep. show right at the yep. top yep. the barometric pressure. Yep. Sure. I, mean, I used to watch it then when I used to <clears throat> be on that website that I won't name, but right. that's that's my personal issue. Sure, but, sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think that's a huge thing to look at when yeah. you're going fishing, especially when storms are in play. I mean, you can pretty much tell when you got bluebird skies, you know, eh, unless there's some, some kind of weather rolling in soon, like it, it may be a busto day, right. you know. So. Well, it's like when we were, I think we talked about on your lake, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, a few podcasts ago, um, we went out and it looked like it was going to, it would just hammer yeah. us. And I had bite, my PB. And the bite was on. You had your personal best, yeah, for sure. That was my personal best bass day on my lake. Yeah, well, As far as as many big fish right. in a row. Right, 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 right. I mean, I've probably caught that many fish before, but not, not that, all that big. Right. I mean, I forget. I hit like five fish over 17 They were inches. all 17 plus, yeah. every one of them. It was Somewhere crazy. in the 18s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was one right on 19, I right. think it was, was right, right, the big right. one of the day. But, yeah, that was <clears throat> that was a huge, huge. But that was right when that front was moving in. Yeah, 
Right. I right, mean, right. boom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it turns those fish on. And I think the overcast definitely helps, too, um, especially on clear water lakes. Right. You know, like, you know, I know when I used to fish Lake Geneva in Wisconsin, that water is so clear you could see 20, 30 feet down. Sure. At times. Sure. And that's why we used to fish it at night is because that water wasn't penetrating through the light making or the light wasn't penetrating through the water making those fish sure skittish you know so we used to bang fish at night yeah, yeah. all night long right like a lot of bass tournaments the smaller ones that are up there they yeah, do yeah. them at night right you know so right. kind of food for thought well it's but. funny there's a guide <clears throat> i've been following that does delavan and he does geneva sure and um He'll take guys out at 11 p.m. and yep. come in at 3 in the morning. Yep. And that's their fishing trip, you know? I've, it's like it's all nighttime. I've done it. Um, I mean, I used to get on the water probably around 9 or 10 at night and then fish till like 2 in the morning and then go to work the next day at 6 a.m. <laughs> How much you want to bet that if we do Geneva at night in the kayaks, I'll bet you any money because I'm there, we'll get some jet skiers. <laughs> Uh, hopefully not because this is the i guarantee you this is the, <laughs> like the, what yeah this is the start like memorial day to labor day that's right. the other thing too memorial day to labor day yeah don't try to fish it during the day no right, right 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 it's just nuts right like the boat traffic the people up there are ignorant sometimes yeah sure you know um but uh you know pre-memorial day pre pre-labor or after labor day like less boats you know well that's what i had this weekend <clears throat> i'm on the fox it's raging i'm like fighting for my life out there and there's these jet skiers yeah. like within 20 feet of me like waving at me like they're doing me a favor or like i'm their <laughs> best buddy and they're like putting like a death wake yeah. you know, oh, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, like doing yeah. donuts and <laughs> well there was uh it's like come on man. there was an instance so me and jay Just trying to fish here after madison um we were going to try and fish the Kish the next morning, but it rained so heavy, and not only that, we were just so Wiped dead out. tired. Yeah, yeah, sure. We both woke up, and we're like, yeah, uh, I'm good with just sitting here drinking coffee. We don't have to go fishing. You know? Sure. So um, we actually tried to go out for the evening bite on my lake, and we were out there maybe a half hour, and then storm rolled in, lightning, thunder. We're yep. like, yep, time to go. Guess the weekend's over. But... Um, there was this boat that kind of like motored up kind of right by Jay and was like 50 yards or less away from him and then like takes off. Right, full bore. Flies through a no-wake zone going 20, 30 miles an hour. <laughs> right, right, stops, right. turns around and like... Goes the other way. Goes the other way. Again. Flies through the no-wake zone right. and then s- slows down after the no-wake zone. It made absolutely no sense and uh, it kind of upset me a little bit and i had a few choice words going on and i don't believe you know, it me and jay were talking about <laughs> if the lake patrol guy comes over here he's gonna get an earful right you know but uh yeah lucky for him he didn't come over because he would have got it but um you know madison chain i recommend that to anybody it yeah was, it was an it awesome sounds like fishery. it was awesome I can't wait to fish that section that was closed down that we couldn't get to. So why was like, it closed? I mean, do, what did they, had they rolled well, it off or what? Yeah, they had uh, big barricades in front of the bolt ramp. Oh, really? So you couldn't, and Jay's got his pedal drive in the trailer, whereas we talked about it after the fact. There was a kayak launch around the corner, and we kind of probably carried the kayaks down sure. there. Sure. Um, and Jay's like, man, I should have brought my boondocks, you know, because he's got a boondock set up. But uh, we probably could have launched over sure, there. Sure, sure. But, I mean, that water was moving pretty quick through there because that's a river section. Right. So, I mean. There's probably a reason they got it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, when we got up towards the mouth of the river when we were fishing up there, uh, the wind was blowing towards from the south to the north. Yeah. And there was huge white caps up by there where it, it was a little sketchy in a kayak. I'm not going to lie. No, like, right. I was, you know paddled through there as quick as i could right but um you know and then the waves were running against the current so it was kind of a goofy situation sure right there. sure sure and i tried to fish keeping my boat in that slack water and it it was pushing me all over the place and i was getting annoyed so i just went back out to right. the main lake but right. um 
definitely cool fishery. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for you to get up there, man, because, uh, you know, with or without Jay, I know the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was cool, man. It was really cool. Um, we got into some good fish. I was hoping you guys checked out that kayak shop up there because it looked cool. Well, Jay, Jay has stopped in there before, and he said it, it's super cool in there. Yeah. Um, but... Like I said, man, we were so beat, beat. ready to get home. Well, we hadn't eaten all day besides the, the cookies. <laughs> and uh, we stopped at a McDonald's kind of right before the kayak shop. We ate there, and uh, we got back in the car, and it was like, kayak shop? Yeah. Let's, Let's just get home. home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're sure, beat, sure. you know? So, uh, yeah, I actually fell asleep in the car on the way home. Sorry, Jay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt bad. But, um yeah, it, it was good, you know, and then, uh, yeah, just had to go through hours of footage and got that all edited, so that trips up on YouTube as well. So let, let's change direction a little bit. Um, let's talk a little bit about Fishing Line. Yeah. Um, we probably got a lot of listeners that are relatively new, um, either to fishing or what have you. Sure. Um, this is, uh, just to preface this this segment, I mean... This is a holy war, right? Everyone's going to have their favorites and their brands and everything else. But I, I want I want to talk about brands and kind of why we like them, what we use, what we don't like. Sure. Just just to give some food for thought, right, yeah, for yeah, folks yeah. out there and what they're using, what application. And obviously it could be different by rod, uh, by uh, what you're fishing for, but just kind of maybe start from there. Lures you're using, things like sure. that. Sure. I know um, a lot of my rods I got um, spooled up with suffix, 832, 832. Um, I do have the one rod spooled up with some fluorocarbon, and that's for a pound test, and that was for the Jay Randall challenge. It's supposed I, to be mono, but yeah, Jay won't listen to this podcast. Yeah, he's <laughs> probably shaking his head right now because he listens to all of them. But uh, yeah, I, um, you know, I. It's funny because I've been. You had brought this up tonight before we started the pod, and it, it's something that's been kind of going back and forth in my brain, and I was thinking about it on the way here is, you know, a lot of guys will fish braid, and they'll tie on a fluorocarbon leader. Right. And how much of a difference that makes, I don't know. Right. Um, I think it depends on the type of water you're fishing to. Could. Um, and the fish you're going for. Yeah, and the fish you're going for, for sure. Um, I think the clearer the water the more I would lean towards a fluorocarbon sure. or running the braid with a fluorocarbon leader. Right. Um, like the Madison chain, it wasn't all that clear. Right. You know, it's because like the, the water was yeah. high. I I was tying on straight braid to, to my lures. Yep. I mean, I caught fish. Right. And even with, uh, even with that whopper plopper, as the sun came out and everything in the top water, you know, I just had straight braid on, um, a lot of times I'm using straight braid, and my go-to has been the suffix. I mean, I what, love what that pound, suffix. What, what, first of all, what rods <clears throat> are you tying it? Are, are you tying it on to? And then, of course, uh, what pound did you go with? So my bait casters, um, which are all uh, medium heavies with fast action tips. Yep. Um, I have one that's got uh, twelve pound, and that's. The rod I'll use when I'm throwing like my crayfish setup. Sure. With a two odd offset hook, uh, three sixteenths ounce cone weight in front of that. Yep. Um, use a little bit lighter line on that just to get a little bit more sensitivity yep. out of it. Um, my other two rods uh, have twenty pound braid on them. Um, I'm using that for my buzz baits, my frogs, um, spinner baits. And uh, I was actually throwing my swim bait on that as well. Interesting. And I caught fish on yep. it. Yep. Um, whereas typically I would probably normally throw that swim bait on a spinning rod. Yep. And that I would usually lean more towards using that fluorocarbon yeah. leader, I think. Um, on my spinning rods, uh, the one I have the four-pound fluoro on, Another one I have, um, eight pound braid, um, and that I've been tossing the Ned rig on. And another one I have, what pound braid? Eight pound. Eight pound. 
Um, and the other one I got 10 pound braid on. Yeah. And that I'll throw cranks, got cranks on. So um, I'm personally, you know, like I said, this thought has been kind of rolling around in my mind. I may do a test where I have the same baits on almost the same exact rods. Sure. One will have, they'll both have the same pound. But one um, will have a liter. Yeah. Both will have the same <clears throat> pound um, braid on. Yeah. And then one I'll put a floral liter on. Sure. So, I don't know. We'll see if it makes a difference. I can see it definitely making a difference in clear water, for sure. Um, however, you know, like I said, that Ned Rig rod, I got an 8-pound braid on. Is a fish going to see that compared to a 20-pound just that tied straight up to the lure? I don't know. I've got an interesting story for you. <clears throat> so uh, a couple years ago, a good friend of mine, um, we went fishing in, out of a canoe yeah. on the Fox. Okay. And um, what we did was uh, we'd, we'd hop on the canoe, we'd shoot to every bridge, we'd hop out, and then we would uh, uh, literally fish the pylons from the bridge. And um, we started this day, and then in between, we'd cast into the shore as we were drifting down river, and it was, it was pretty cool. Long story short, we caught probably 12 smallies in a period of about four hours. So it wasn't super great, but it was, like, really good fishing. Like, it was just it kept it interesting. It was a lot of fun. But the whole first half of the trip, the whole f- first two hours, I caught nothing. And I was using a Rapala as a crank, like, you know, your standard floater, the two treble, etc., and then what he told me is like, you know what? He goes, you really need to have a, a, a leader. <clears throat> so he ties on this floral, car lead, uh, floral carbon leader for me. And, um, but at the same time, I switched to a baby minus one, which is a totally different crankbait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I changed too many things to, to know whether it was true, true, or, or you know, true or not. Well, sure enough, the next cast, I get a smallie. Huh. But listen to this. As soon as the bait hit the water, the fish hit the lure. So okay. he didn't have a chance to even see the leader, sure, let alone sure, sure. anything else. The second one I got, same thing. The the lure hit the water and he hammered it right away. And he's like, see, you're, that leader's making a difference. And I'm like, technically, no. I think it's more the bait. Sure, 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 sure. Because as soon as it hit the water, the fish nabbed it. Right. So I'm not sure right. it's waiting. To, hey, is there a leader on that? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence, too. Uh, I mean. I'm on the fence, too. I think if you're matching the forage or... You know, in the fly fishing world, we say matching the hatch, um, which basically means just matching what those fish are currently eating on. I don't think the line really matters all that much. You know, if a fish is hungry, you know, I think of myself, if I'm hungry and I see a cheeseburger or a salad, and cheeseburgers is what I've been eating lately, I'm going for the cheeseburger. Sure. You know, same thing with a fish. Um, I... You know, like I said, I could see it definitely making a difference in clear water where you got fish that are like totally skittish just by shadows. You know what I mean? Then you definitely got to go down and go down in not only uh, line weight, but um, go from braid to floral for sure. Right. You know, like like Lake Geneva. There's a lot of guys that I know up there that uh, they'll fish that floral strictly in like a six pound test right you know and they're banging fish compared to the guy that's throwing six pound braid sure you know so it all depends i think it varies from water to water but i think it also depends on what what, what you're going for right, if right you're going for smallies and largies i'm sorry but they're not the most visual fish there sure, is. sure sure they're, they're re, you know reactive to motion right. more than anything well look at a muskie. like a trout you, you know, know what i mean look at a muskie um you loaned me a musky rod. I've gone fishing with it once. It's got eighty pound braid on it. And I think <laughs> that's I made for the lures. Com- yeah, I think I made a comment to you like, "This is like casting rope." You know what I mean? Like, um, so you know, if you're going for, you know, I know especially, I mentioned trout fishing or fly fishing. I know trout are super skittish for sure. Like, for sure, they're they're, I mean. I have a hard time looking at tying some of these flies sure. that are number or size 22, 24 right, hook, right, right, right. which is like a speck. 
I challenge anybody to try try tying a, a fly on a number 24 hook who's never fly tied before. Sure. I mean, you literally have to use a magnifying glass. And those trout can see that bug that small. Right. Like, you're not going to fool that no, guy right, 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 without right. fishing a super lightweight tippet. Whereas a bass, you know, they see a big chunky bait. I think they're swiping at it I most would of the agree. time. I so, would agree. I mean, I know personally, like as far as braid goes, you know, I'm looking at, you know, you pulled out some spools of line here. This Fireline Crystal, I hate this stuff. So I have, do you want to hear my yeah. my two yeah. cents on, on yeah. fishing line? Yeah. <clears throat> so, um... It's funny when I um, my, my my strategy is this: I've got two bait casters, medium yeah. heavies. Yep. And uh, actually, believe it or not, I run thirty pound because I do a lot of frogging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I run thirty pound on both, and sure. I do suffix as well. Eight thirty two. I love it. Right. I've used um, the Power Pro before, and mm-hmm. actually, to be honest, I think they're very similar. If I could say one thing, I don't like. Uh, on clearance, I bought some Cabela's Ripcord, and I love Cabela's. I you know sure. for, I shop there a lot, but I'll tell you what, their ripcord is garbage. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if they've changed the formula and stuff or whatever. But the bottom line is, I went to Canada, and I'm telling you, man, I had more breakoffs. Sure. On that, I had 30 pound braid, and like I've never seen that break. Yeah. Like yeah. I can barely cut it. Yeah. And uh, long story short, um, that's that's typical what I go through with with my bait casters. Again, I'm throwing frogs, buzz baits, whopper ploppers, bigger lures, sure. looking for the hogs. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, in the past, uh, the third rod I have is a spinning rod, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a medium sure. with a fast action as well. And then of course, um, on that, that's my finesse rod. So yeah. I'll run, you know, like for the work in plastics and all that good stuff. Sure. So I went back and I said, you know, in the past I've used this Fireline Crystal uh-huh. for my spinning, sure, and I loved it, right. But I wasn't throwing for finesse, right. Well, I went out and I bought some ten pound, and I thought uh, this would be awesome. And it literally, <clears throat> I I can't get it. I can't like a a jig won't even drop. Yeah, it's so sticky and like sticks to itself and all that good stuff. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I actually spooled it up and then I ripped it off. I yeah. couldn't couldn't handle it. So I actually went to the suffix, but I went to a, t- a ten pound. Sure, sure. And it it's amazing. It it's awesome. But you know, I, I tried some of the vanish, the fluorocarbon. That's an eight pound. I mean, it's got a ton of memory compared to what I'm used to. So I'm sticking with braid just because it's it's funny, it's easier you and more that. you know abrasion resistant. Um, now that I think about it, I had spooled up one of my bait casters with I think it was like eighteen pound fluorocarbon. Yeah. And I hated it. <clears throat> it was like a spring. Rat's nest. Oh, without like, a doubt. It just so much memory in it. Um, and that could be because it was on a baitcaster. I don't know. I right. mean, on a spinning rod, maybe a little better, but I don't know. I just like how braid doesn't have memory. I do, too. And if you can tie on a floral leader for those situations, sure. I'm all for that. Right. Um, well, we had Scott Purrs on the podcast, and on his trolling setup... He runs uh, a mono back, then he puts braid on, right? like 100 yards or 120 yep. yards of braid, I think he said, and then he's always running like a 8 to 12 foot floral lever, right. leader, leader. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, which goes to a snap, uh, not a snap swivel, but just a plain old snap sure, sure. to change in and out on, yeah. you know, crawler harnesses, crankbaits, whatever. So, I, I don't know what Scott's reasoning was for running the mono backer other than just I, to fill up the reel. <clears throat> so, so a cheap way to fill up the reel, I well, guess. You know what's funny is when I um, I had to run mono backers, and that's why I, I kind of caught my eye okay. when he said or caught my ear when he said that. Um, because what would happen is when the braid would get wet, it would actually rotate around the spool. Oh, uh, okay. So, what you would do is you would put a mono backer on yep. so that would kind of grip. Sure. And then you put the braid on top. Sure. So I was that's why I was curious why he used it that way. Right. But I had to use it because actually it would uh if you just did solid braid, it would just rotate around the once it got wet. Okay. It would just rotate around the actual spool. Huh. But get this. So and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I just bought a new uh Fluger mm-hmm. spinning. Yeah. And it's got rubber ribs. Oh, on the inside on of the spool. On the inside of the spool, so you can actually just tie your braid right to it and not, not have to run a mono backer. Interesting. So I just I thought I'd key on that a little bit because the, the newer rods now, sure. um, I mean, your bait casters, you got holes. You can tie them right yeah, through the yeah. holes. Yeah. Um, but uh, on, the, on the spinning, for sure, 
I sure. used to have to run mono. I don't have to run it anymore if you get a newer newer reel. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I just like how Braid just has no memory. I agree. You know, like I, agree. I, I had spooled up that, that floral on my one baitcaster, and it was nothing but a headache. Yep. Rat's nest after rat's nest, and finally I was just like, screw it. And yeah. I cut it all off. Sure. And I mean, that's what I forget what that spool of line was. It had to be fifteen twenty bucks. Um, you know, down the drain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, so now I actually, in my kayak, um, I had some of that spool left. Yeah. And I had another spool left over from spooling up another rod. I forget which one it was. Um, so I keep those two spools in my little box in my Bonafide, um, for tying up leaders, yeah. If if I want to use sure. use that, you know, so sure. I, I just kind of threw them in there. I haven't really used them at all, right? But if I need that option, I have it. it. Sure, you know what I sure, mean. Sure, sure. So, but uh, that suffix, man, I've fished that stuff for years, and I love it. And actually, Scotty turned me on to that. Scott Perks, love it. I love it too. And um, yeah, I I got no complaints. I mean, what else you got up here? Berkeley Vanish. That was that. See, I think floral. this. I think I have like a ten pound in this in my yak. The eight pound's terrible enough. For, I mean, not that it's bad. It's just I don't. I'm not used to it. Yeah, I'm not used to it. No, a liter would be great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I got that in. Uh, man, what's that other one? Big popular company with floral. That was the stuff I cigar tied up. Cigar? Uh, cigar? No, it wasn't cigar. It was something else. But either way. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. I guess the moral of the story in my in my mind is it's not really you find the brand that you like, whatever, but I think it helps for other people to hear for sure what we for use sure. and for yeah. what application. I you mean, know what I mean? It, it, it's good to talk to people and see what they're using right. and get feedback. You right. Know? I right. mean, you know, what one guy likes, another guy's going to hate. It doesn't for sure. matter. For you sure. I mean, for sure. So, um, I mean, I think the biggest drawback from the suffix is the price point. You know, sometimes it can be expensive. It depends. Very expensive. But, you know, depending on the time of year and stuff, if you watch sales, usually you can get that stuff at a pretty decent price. And, and again, uh, depending on where you're listening to this, I mean, Fleet and Farm. Yeah, Fleet, or Fleet and Farm, Farm. They have crazy deals. On, I, I yeah. mean, I got a hundred and it was 150 uh, yard spools, and they had them. I, I think it was like. Just under ten bucks. That's cheap. Which is really That's cheap. That's really cheap. My brother in law has his eye on all yeah. that stuff. So you always I always get a text from him. Good old Uncle Todd. Good old Uncle Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Well, you know what? Um there was a story in the news. Yeah. yeah. I mean so I you know, I mean I hate to beat a dead horse, um, but I think it's important. So, you know, out here, obviously we're in northern Illinois and uh we got a big body of water here uh, known as Lake Michigan. I'm sure all of you know of it. But uh, we had two kayakers go out uh, last week. I think it was like 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. So it's almost dark. These guys are leaving in kayaks. No PFDs in their boats or on their bodies. And the weather kicked up, which on any big body of water, if the wind changes and it comes the wrong direction... It's going to make the waves pretty ridiculous. Well, they went out pretty far, too, from what I understand. Well, they were going up the shoreline somewhat, from what I saw in the actual news. And uh, this happened on the evening of August 27th. And they um, they headed out onto the lake from Highland Park, and they were making their way up to, uh, I believe it was Lake Forest. And... Two guys um, in their 20s, and only one guy made it back to shore. Yeah. So, I mean, A, number one, these guys should have had PFDs. I mean, I don't care what kind of boat you're in, what, even if you're in a small pond. It's just safe practice to have a PFD on. There's no excuse It's like wearing your seatbelt when you get in your car. You I know? don't care if you're not wearing it, but at least have it in your right. boat. Right, right. But when you're on a big body like that, you should have that in your boat. Not only that, but on a big body of water like that, you should have a marine radio, a whistle, or an air horn. Right. You know, like these guys just. I, I was twenty once as well, and don't get me wrong, sure. I did some dumb stuff. Sure. In my 20s, we all did. Just like we all did. Sure. You know, but this just, and I guess, um, I was reading the news 
because they still haven't found this kid. Right. He's still out in the lake somewhere. Sure. Which is unfortunate. And my thoughts and prayers go out to this kid's family. But, uh, you know, there was some guys at the launch, I guess, that told them it wasn't a great idea to head out. No, right. And they didn't listen. You know, again, being 20 years yeah. old, you ain't listening to nobody. Yeah. You're going to do what you're going to do. So, I mean, it's just something that, I mean, like you said earlier, we get a lot of, like, newer to kayak fishing people listening. Sure, sure. Um, You know, we're somewhat new to the kayak fishing now, and, you know, it's just, it's a must-have in any boat, plain and simple. I mean, you know, we, we we talk about, like, you know, river fishing. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, there's times, like, this whole summer we've been wanting to get on the river, and it's like it's been raging. And that's not even like Lake Michigan. Right. You know, there, there's there's different dangers associated with the river. But the point is, I think you also have to evaluate what's what's the value out of actually getting on the water, depending on the body of water and depending on the time. Evaluate your risks, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Like, you really got to think smart about it. I got to agree with that 100%. Not only that, but, you know, you always hear some some smart guy going oh, i know how to swim well i'm sorry but in the middle of the night when you just all of a sudden your kayak flips over on you because right. you took a big wave right you're going to be a little discombobulated oh for sure you're not going to know what's going to go on and the biggest thing that kills people is they freak out and it's funny uh today i was listening to uh joe rogan's podcast and um he had a guy on there uh i forget the guy's name huge cave diver goes into these huge caverns maps them out under the ocean they were down in Cozumel and he was with um, an instructor of his or lifelong instructor of his that's you know taught him a lot of what he knows and he was talking about how they went into this cavern and it had never been mapped before so they were having to put lines on so they could find their way back out of this cave and this instructor, well, before he left, his wife was like, I don't want you to go. I don't trust that guy. He's getting too old. Like, you know, he just, I don't think his judgment's great. Sure. Guy's like, nah, he's fine. I dove with this guy a million times before. So they make it into this cave, and sure enough, this guy gets all twisted around, gets twisted in this rope that they were trying to plant. Oh, man. And um, what the guy said is, like, he didn't follow the basic rules. Right. Which is... If one guy's not coming back, there's just one guy not coming back. The other guy Goes. is going. No, for right? sure. There's no sense in two people freaking out and getting lost. Right. So this guy broke the rule, just like these kids broke the rule with not having PFDs. Right. And he went in after them, and he almost died. And what happens in these caves, you kick your fin or whatever, and it kicks up all the soot on the bottom of the water. That he can't well, see. The guy that lost the rope kicked up some silt he went in after him kicked up more couldn't even find the guy now he's in the complete darkness i mean he had some lights on him but it made it worse in that murky water it's like a fog having your brights on in a fog and he's talking about this because i was actually watching the video on youtube of this guy talking sure listening online and or on a podcast app and you could see like the look of fear in this guy's eyes but uh he was freaking out, hyperventilating, which I'm sure this kid was when he hit the water yep. and started freaking out. I, and unless you've been in a situation like that, it's kind of hard to stay calm. Sure. You know what I mean? But that's what could kill you. You're exactly you know? right. So, but had this kid be, been wearing a PFD, he'd probably be alive today. Sure. You know what I mean? They would have found him floating on the surface. It's a safety know? valve. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean... And, and not only that, but just being in big waves like that, like that, you flip over, you're going to be disorientated. So what you think is sure might not necessarily be sure. For sure. For so, sure. I mean, that's just, just one huge thing. So that's like driving without a seatbelt, man. You yeah, might as well just right, do it. Right, right, right. You know? Right, right. So just, just a safety thing that I think we both got to stress. I mean, that hit close to home, being so close to home here where it happened and it just happens too much, you know what I mean? No, right. It's stupid. I think us as a kayak community need to come together and just definitely support that and push people. And if some idiot's going out with a PFD, you need to stop them. Like, plain and simple, you know? I hate to be that guy, but, you know, 
that could save somebody's life. Sure. So sure. that's just my rant for the day, I guess. No, it's it's, well, <laughs> it's a good yeah. rant to have. It is. But, uh, it is. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I guess to, to kind of button this show up, I mean, um, maybe you could kind of talk a little bit about uh, maybe a project you got going and then maybe I can reach us on the web. Yeah. 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 So uh, definitely check out the YouTube channel. We've been pumping out some videos lately and um, with all our fishing trips, we've been uh, filming and. I've been in mounds of editing, but uh, definitely check out the YouTube channel. I got a series that I'm going to start. Um, we're going to make the ultimate kayak travel trailer. I'm converting a cargo trailer into a camper trailer slash kayak hauler slash. It's the most epic idea ever. We're going to be doing some road trips. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to do a video series on that. So uh, watch out for that. We'll talk about that more in a in a podcast down the road once i yep i've started a little bit and i think i got everything mapped out so i'm gonna really jump into this i'm hoping to get it done in the next month and a half sure maybe less so hoping to use it before fall so definitely check us out on youtube um search paddle the letter n and fin subscribe to our channel you won't be disappointed we keep pumping out content also follow us on instagram paddle the letter n and the word fin um, we're posting there pretty much daily. Yep. Um, fishing trips, uh, gear, um, my dog looking at fish. That's you know, an adorable pump. picture. Yeah, that's the best picture ever. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Um, so, yeah, we got all that stuff. Um, definitely, if you guys have a question, comment, uh, topic idea, um, you can send us a voicemail through the Anchor Podcast app. Um or you can also send us an email, and it's paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Um, we've had one so far, which uh, yeah. hopefully we did good. Um, and, uh, yeah, we got some other things coming up. we got some guests lined up. So I know we've, uh, we've had a couple episodes without some guests, but we've been getting some key people in line. So uh, we definitely have some, some good guys coming up. Yes, from, we do. Uh, uh, around the country you so got it you guys should stay tuned and uh, we'll see you on the next one see you till next time search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv